I walked in this room for the first time in March of 2009. I'd just been hired on staff here at Second. And I snuck in this back corner door right back here. Who remembers March, or more importantly, who remembers September of 2008? I walked in this room and wall to wall, floor to ceiling, there was scaffolding everywhere. And this room was completely being remodeled. I had just moved to Houston from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'd been in ministry for about 10 years, three little country churches throughout the state of Oklahoma. Been married for a handful of years at that time. Had a beautiful little four-month-old daughter. And I walked in that door and I looked at this room and I was blown away by its size. Even with all the scaffolding everywhere, I was blown away by the size of this room. And I thought to myself, Lord, what in the world are you doing with this young man from Hera, Oklahoma, all the way down here in Houston at a church like Second Baptist Houston? God, what, what do you have for me here? I'd been brought on staff at our South Campus. We were, we were meeting in a theater, doing church out of a theater, got a chance to serve there for about four and a half years, came to this Woodway Campus in 2013. I've been here ever since. Let me just say it this way. Let me say it to you this way. God has exceeded my expectations. God has exceeded my expectations in every way. Church family, I'm so thankful for our pastor. I'm so thankful for the leadership of this church. You have no idea, you have no idea the gratitude that I have for this place, for the investment that's been poured into my family, for the investment that's been poured into me as a pastor, for the way Dr. Young leads us, and brings us along, God has exceeded my expectations. And that's the conversation I wanna have with you this morning. Next week, Dr. Young will be back. We'll be back in the study of the book of Psalms. But today, I wanna invite you to open up your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three, if you got your Bible, go ahead and find it with me. We're gonna be in verses one through six. If you don't have your Bible, the good news is we've got it on the screen for you. Let me read this text, because in this text, and I'm gonna point out just three simple truths, three principles that if we apply them to our life, if we apply them to our life, God's gonna bring us along and bring us to the places, the things, and the people that he has for us. In other words, God wants to exceed our expectations. Proverbs chapter three, Verses one through six, listen to what it says. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Don't let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you'll find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. 
Trust in the Lord with all, with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Pray with me. Fathers, we look at your word today as we study what you have for us. Help me to get out of the way. It's not about me. It's not about my words. It's about what you have to say to us. God, make that clear. Our prayer is that your truth would impact the lives of everyone gathered in this place. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. It's easy to think in life that you know exactly what you need and exactly when you need it. And growing up, growing up, we, you know, you spend years thinking about, obsessing about someday I want to do this, someday I want to do these things, I want to marry this type of girl, I want to marry this type of guy, I'm going to do this someday. As a matter of fact, at least when I was in junior high and high school, there was this game you would play in school called MASH. Anyone ever played the game called MASH? Anyone? It, it's, it's a, you put it on a piece of paper, all right, and you write the word MASH at the top of the paper, and the word MASH stands for mansion, apartment, shack, or house. And you have these categories, right? You have spouse, who you're gonna marry someday. You have the car you're gonna drive, the job you're gonna have, how many kids you're gonna have someday. Can I just get a show of hands? How many of you in this room have played this game before? Don't be shy, don't be embarrassed. Go ahead and put them up high. A couple of you are raising both hands, that's okay. That's all right. What you do, you, you draw the little spiral there in the center and your friend says stop and you count the lines and that number is what you use to start counting through all of those categories until one thing is left in each and at the end, you know exactly what your life is gonna look like someday. <laughs> exactly what it's gonna look like. Newsflash, I did not marry any of those supermodels. <laughs> Never played football in the NFL. I don't have 32 kids. But can I tell you something? God has exceeded my expectations. This weekend, my wife and I celebrate 19 years of marriage. I got a picture of my bride up on the screen. I gave my life to Christ when I was 19 years old. Uh, I was an alcoholic and a drug user. I came from an abusive home. I went right into ministry at the age of 19. I didn't know what ministry was. I didn't know how to do it. Matter of fact, my first job at a church was an unpaid internship. And I set up tables and chairs on Wednesday nights. I wasn't allowed to hang out with kids. I was in my little small hometown church and they were still pretty curious about this guy they knew that had this pretty wild reputation and this recent conversion that he had experienced in his life. And they said, you know what, come along, come hang out and we'll just see what God has for you. God has exceeded my expectations. Look back in verse one of Proverbs chapter three. 
Look at what it says in verse one. It says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. The first very simple principle for us, if we wanna have an expectation, expectation exceeding type of life is this, remember his truth. Remember his truth. Each day we take in 34 gigabytes of information, that's 100,000 words. That's like reading The Hobbit every day. And all that information is, is coming at you real time. And people are hitting you from all over the place and talking to you and asking you for things. And there's this thing called social media that we participate in. And we have families and spouses and people around us. And all this information and news on the television and the internet all this information assaulting us. What do we do? How do we handle keeping God's truth in the center of our life, in the center of all that we do with all this information coming at us real time? How do we begin to manage? Real simple, two quick things. How do we remember God's truth First and foremost, we have to know God's word. It tells us, it says, don't forget my teaching. We have to know, we have to understand, we have to process God's word and commit it to memory. Psalms 119, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. We have to know God's word. We have to commit it to memory. We have to spend time in it. And the other part of that, remembering truth, the other piece of that is to let your heart keep my commandments. That's what the verse says. We have to do God's word. We have to live it out. We have to know it. We have to commit it to memory. And then we have to step into it and be obedient to it. I'm so glad as a church that we've done Master Life. How many of you have been a part of Master Life? Raise your hand. Every week, Every week, we continue to hear stories about people in our church whose lives have been transformed through Master Life. Every week. And if people say, you know, I've been in church my whole life. I've been a Christian for 30 years. But this last six months, spending time in God's Word daily and learning how to apply it to my life, it's transformed my life life. We hear those stories week in and week out. Here, here's what's happening to people. Here, here's what's taking place. People are studying God's Word, and they're applying it to their life. You know what's happening? It's moving. Truth is moving 18 inches. 18 inches from here to here. That's what Master Life is doing. It's moving things that people have known their whole life. I've been in church my whole life. I know what those verses say, but here's what's happening. It's moving from here to here, 18 inches. And people are beginning to live out these principles they've known their whole life. Truth is moving from their head to their heart, and it's turning into obedience. And here's what I want you to know, church family, and you know this. Obedience grows intimacy. Obedience grows 
intimacy. When we begin to live out God's truth, apply his principles to our life, we grow closer to him, our intimacy deepens, and we begin to be truly devoted Christ followers. If we want to have an expectation exceeding experience on this earth, the first thing we have to do, and it's real simple, is remember his truth. Know God's word and apply it to our life. The second principle, I wanna hop all the way to the end of that section of scripture we read. Look at verse five. Look at what verse five says. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. The, sem the second simple principle is trust in him. Trust in him. You've heard that a billion times. Trust in God. It's on our money. We say it in prayers and we read about it in scripture and we know that we're called to trust in him. We know that his character and his promises are trustworthy and we know that in the face of fear, loss, hurt, pain, brokenness, helplessness, that God is trustworthy. The challenge is, is that it tells us in verse five, we're called to do it with our whole heart. It doesn't say, hey, trust in God when it's convenient. Trust in God when you've got some clarity. Trust in God when it feels right. No, 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 it says trust in the Lord with all, all of your heart. In other words, we're called to trust in God exclusively and entirely. Exclusively and entirely. It means to put the, the full weight of our life in his hands. That's what that word trust means there. It means to stand firm and say, God, here I am, come what may, no matter what happens in my life, no matter what I go through, I completely trust in you exclusively and entirely. And then it says in verse five, and God kind of gives us this little encouragement there at the end, this little word of caution. And he says, oh yeah, and by the way, don't lean on your own understanding. In other words, don't try to prop up your trust with something else. It's not trust plus something else. It's just trust. There's a famous story of a man named John Cavanaugh. John Cavanaugh was a Jesuit ethicist and a scholar. He was going through a difficult time in his life. He was uncertain about some very important decisions that he was facing. And he decided to travel to Calcutta and spend some time with Mother Teresa. So Kavanaugh shows up, begins to do some work, engages Mother Teresa and says, Mother Teresa, uh, I would like to ask you to, to pray for me. Would you pray for me? And she said, well, of course. Of course I'll pray for you. How can I pray for you? He said, Mother Teresa, would you pray for me that I would have clarity going through some stuff in my life, facing some uncertainty. Mother Teresa, 
pray for me that I would have clarity? And she said, no. No. I will not pray for clarity. I will pray instead that you will trust God. She said, clarity is the one thing you're holding on to that you need to let go of. Clarity wars against trust. Instead, I will pray for you that you will completely trust God. That's what that verse means. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. A little bit of transparency this morning. My wife and I were married 2004. A couple years into marriage, we started talking about a family, what God might have for us. And we said, you know, it's, it's time to start a family. And so we did. And shortly thereafter that conversation, we had our first beautiful daughter, London. She's now 14 years old, going on 21. You guys know how that works. <laughs> and we were so in love. Beautiful thing. A couple years later, we're like, you know what? I think, I think it's time for another one. I think it's time to start pursuing having a second child. And so we did that. And everything was so easy the first time, we just thought that it was gonna happen that way again. And so we got pregnant. And we told everybody, and we gave London a T-shirt that said, I'm, I'm the big sister. And we began to get excited and share with family and friends this new addition coming to our family. Shortly thereafter, we discovered that the pregnancy was an ectopic pregnancy, and we lost. We lost that pregnancy. And that was a hard time in our family and a hard time in our marriage. And I'd find my wife numerous times. I'd find my wife crying, tears rolling down her face, I'd say, babe, I love you. I know it's hard. And she'd say, I know, I know God has a plan for our family, and I know, I know that he's good. But I just don't feel like I'm done being a mom yet. I just feel like I have so much more love to give. And so the next four years, the next four years, we struggled with additional loss and hardship. We struggled. I came home one night and I found my wife in the bathroom just sobbing. I went to console her. I said, you okay? Tears running down her face. She said, yes. Yes. I just was praying. And I told God, if this is what he has for us, I'm okay with it. I trust him. If this is what he has for us, I'm okay with it, and I trust him. Warren Wiersbe says this, trust 
Real trust, true trust means to lie helplessly face down. I love that. To lie helplessly face down. I wonder if we could do something maybe a little unorthodox this morning, maybe just a little bit different. Can we just push pause on this just for one moment? And as the music begins to play, can, can we just do, can we just have a time of prayer together? Can I invite you? Maybe there are some people in this room and I just wanna stop this message for a moment. And we're talking about trust. We're talking about surrender and what real trust means. And that trust means to, to put the entirety of your life, the full weight of your life, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, all of it in his hands. And I wonder if we could just stop for a moment and just pray. Because I believe there are people in this room this morning who are going through situations and that's what they need most. They're Christ followers, they love God with their whole heart, just like my wife, but man, they're going through something and maybe you're just kind of holding on to it. Maybe it's a, a relationship, maybe it's something at work, maybe it's a health crisis, maybe it's a fear, maybe it's a worry, and you just need to say, you know what, God, your word tells me I gotta trust in you and I gotta do it with my whole heart, with all of my heart. And I just, want to, I just want to give it all to you right now. So would you just bow your heads with me just for a moment? And as the music plays, no matter where you are, would you, would you just maybe pray that prayer? With that thing you're dealing with, that, that issue, that concern, that burden you've been carrying around? Maybe just where you are in the stillness of your heart, pray that simple prayer. If God, I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you. You're far more capable of handling it and carrying it than I am. So God, I entrust it to you. God, corporately, in this moment, this time of prayer, no matter what the issues are, no matter what the hardships are, no matter what each and every one of us are, are, are going through or, or carrying the burden we have in our life, Father, help us to have the strength and the courage to, to give it to you, to hand it over to you. We weren't created to carry our cares, Father. We were created to cast, to cast our cares. And so we lay them at your feet and God, whatever it is, give us the strength to trust you with our whole heart. We lay these things at your feet and ask these things in Christ's name, amen. I wanna pull you back in. Look at this last thing. Look at this, verse six. We have to know God's word, we have to remember his truth. The second thing we saw was we have to trust him, trust him with our whole heart. Look at what verse six says. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. The third thing is this, wait and watch his transformation. Wait and watch his transformation. That phrase, verse six, 
make your paths straight, the Hebrew word there is vishar. It's a great word. The Greek Septuagint has the word orthotomeo. Orthotomeo. That phrase, make your path straight, is the word orthotomeo. And I love that word. It's my new favorite word. As a matter of fact, can we say it together? Right? It's ortho. Here we go. One, two, three. Ready? One, two, three. Orthotomeo. You got to wake up, 930. Here we go. One more time. One, two, three. Orthotomeo. You know what that word means? Listen to this. It's a beautiful word. Here's what it means. Cutting a straight path through difficult terrain. Cutting a straight path through difficult terrain. Ortho tomeo. In other words, He's going to make your path straight. He's going to cut through the difficult terrain in your life. Uncertainty in your job, ortho tomeo. Brokenness in your past, ortho tomeo. Addiction in your life, ortho tomeo. Hardship, hurt, pain, ortho tomeo. A wayward child, ortho Tomeo, finances, emotional, mental, physical diagnosis, ortho tomeo, uncertainty about your future, ortho tomeo. God's going to cut a straight path through the difficult terrain in your life if we, verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. If we participate in God's plan for our life, if we work hard to know and remember his truth, if we pursue him and trust in him, we will wait and watch his transformation take place in our life. And God's gonna cut through the most difficult parts of your life and make a way. You know why? Because he is the way maker. Jesus said, I am the way the truth and the life. Just a few months after I found my wife, tears streaming down her face, that moment of complete surrender, God, I'm gonna trust in you completely, I give it all to you. Just a few months later, this happened. Look at this picture on the screen. You know, if you can see the tears in those eyes. And about eight, nine months later, this happened. And I hesitate to do this because I know that not all stories in this way, and, and let me tell you this, I've had prayers that I have prayed and things I have believed for and pled for that didn't come to fruition in my life. I buried a father at the age of 20 years old and I prayed for my father to be healed from cancer. It didn't happen. And so I know that God in his sovereignty, in the way that only he can, is gonna make a way in our life in his perfect way, in his perfect time. But I gotta brag on God. I wanna show you something. I wanna introduce you to Hope. Hope, come up here real quick. This is my daughter that we prayed for 
for all those years. And so when I say God's going to make a way, when I say that word, ortho, tomeo, church family, I know you understand. I believe it with my whole heart because I've lived it. And I'm thankful for the goodness of God and how in his supernatural way, in his time, in his perfect time, he brings about the things he has for us in life. Thank you, Hope. If we will pursue God's truth with our whole hearts, put our trust completely, the full weight of our lives, hopes, dreams, fears, worries, brokenness, completely in his hands, he will, he will, he will make a way. Would you pray with me?